Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's another edition of Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski. Mike Kapler is with me. And thanks uh, again for coming along and telling a friend, uh, telling somebody, you know, passing a uh, around the podcast with other people that's the main way that people hear about this well i i don't know i don't we don't have stats and all that about how people hear about it but word of mouth is really good whether you post it in in uh, social media or uh, email a friend or tell somebody that you know i suppose a lot of people would find the podcast through uh, searching you know through google or whatever and searching for uh search terms such as grace or grow in grace or whatever. You never know how people are finding it. But either way, thanks for uh, spreading the word. We appreciate it. Yeah, growingingrace.org, people sifting through those. Didn't you tell me recently, Joel, the last time you looked, we had uh, over 10,000, average of over 10,000 downloads a week, right? Uh, yep, that'd be that'd be about right, yeah. Within a, a four-week period, there were over 40,000. So that would average out to 10,000 a week. That's right. We do math here, too. <laughs> well, and, and the neat thing about it is be, because we're just two guys doing this, I mean, there's there's no real budget or anything. We don't receive money. We don't spend much money. Uh, I know you put a little bit into it, Joel, you know, making sure that you got what you need for, for Internet purposes and that. But otherwise, it's just been, you know, a lot of time and some effort. But something that I think we've, we've enjoyed doing, the point is that people are finding it or hearing about it or you're sharing it with them. And more and more want to listen because why? It's it's good news. Why why wouldn't you want more of this? Especially if if you've been trapped inside of some sort of religious legalistic web that just you know brought you down and and kept you from being free. So we hope we can have a small part in encouraging you with the good news of, of what Jesus did for you and I. Mm-hmm. That and that really is what it is. We're we're just playing a small part. We are part of the body of Christ and uh, one of the uh, small parts that we're playing is this podcast and uh, whether it's sharing on Facebook or Twitter or whatever we do other things, but I mean it's we're just <laughs> we're just doing what God has has gifted us and enabled us to do. It's nothing more than that. And uh, so we're thankful that God has done what he's done and is doing what he's doing with this podcast. Of course, in the body of Christ, he he does what he does with you, too. And so that's always something I like to encourage people in as well, that whoever you are, whatever you sense that God has called you to do, you know, you may not get a whole lot of... uh, You may not have a great big cheering section for what you're doing, And, and maybe you do, but just do what God has placed on your heart and enjoy it. And that's what we do here. That's all I'm, I'm really trying to say. <laughs> well, hey, uh, did you have something else to say to that? No, I was just I was just ready to jump in like you were. Last week, we uh, we talked about the Lord's Supper and, and how Paul addressed that with some Corinthian believers in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're not going to um, spend much more time on that, except that, you know, Joel, there, there are so, so many people who have avoided taking communion or participating in, in what might be known as the Lord's Supper because they were told or they thought that they were unworthy. They had some sort of sin in their life, and, and they didn't want to take a chance on 
possibly dying or having some sort of punishment brought upon them because being unworthy and participating in the Lord's Supper just didn't seem like a very good combination because that's what they were taught. They were in that mindset. Hopefully, last week, if you didn't catch it, growingingrace.org, but if you, if you did hear it, I, I hope it helped set you free from some of that kind of thinking. Uh, that's right. That's really what this is about, setting people free. And man, I've talked to people. I know people who have said that, at least in the past, before they got a good revelation of God's grace, that they were feeling unworthy of taking communion. When Jesus, all along, he said, do this in remembrance of me, not in remembrance of your sin. So go back and listen to last week if you if you want to, because I think that will truly uh, free you up. Well, Joel, but there are those who would say that God still punishes people for their sin, and they will use an example such as what you mentioned uh, that we would be talking about this week, um, Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, the story is found kind of at the end of Acts chapter 4 going into Acts chapter 5. Yeah, it's, that's a big one. It's, it's a scary one. It's one of those passages of Scripture that makes people scared when it really doesn't really doesn't need to do that. A lot of the reason for people being scared is because something you mentioned last week, without a proper foundation, without the proper lenses, the grace lens uh, to see these certain scriptures in, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, that he took away our sins. If we don't look at things with that perspective, we will look at stories like this and make assumptions uh, assumptions that don't go along with the rest of the New Covenant. <laughs> like in this case with Ananias and Sapphira, it starts out in chapter 5, but you reminded me, Cap, that um, chapter 5 starts out with the word but. And so we got to go back at least a little bit and figure out why he said but. He was continuing yeah. the thought. <laughs> First word in the chapter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Basically, what was going on is this is the early church, and uh, there were a lot of uh, these new believers. And it, it says that those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness, and all these things. Great grace was upon them, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and it was all distributed to people who had need. One thing that we can, we can do with that is we can say we could build a doctrine right there. Look at what they were doing. None of them had anything that they considered their own, but they sold everything and everything was distributed among the poor. And so that's how the church needs to be. You know, we could build a doctrine from that, but I don't know many people. I know that some people have tried to do that, and maybe it works for some people. I don't know. But I don't know of any place where it really has worked, <laughs> you know, if we try to build a doctrine like that. So, Anyway, it says Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, a Levite, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias, uh, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and uh, brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Now catch this. While it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? In other words, you were free to do 
with that land and with that money what you wanted. You didn't have to sell it. You didn't have to uh, give all of the proceeds from it. You didn't have to give part of the proceeds from it. You could have done whatever you wanted with it. So why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have lied to men, not to men, but to God. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? <laughs> I think it's incredible. Um, no, I mean, you, you, you really brought it out there. I mean, he could have said, look, I, I kept some of this, but here's what I'm going to put in. But he brought it, leading others to believe that he was providing the entire purchase price of whatever he sold, his house or whatever. And so that's a good point, though. He, he was free under the new covenant. He was free to do with whatever he wanted to. It was under his control. And so even after it was sold, it was under his control. And so the problem here, Joel, wasn't that he held some of it back. It's that he lied about it. He said, I'm, I'm giving all, all of the purchase price when he really didn't. So mm-hmm. that, that's where the error was. And uh, the rest of the story, as you just read, you have not lied to men, but to God. And as he heard these words, Ananias fell down, breathed his last, and great fear came over all who heard it. The young men got up and covered him up and carried him out, and they buried him. Hmm. Next comes his wife. (laughs) After three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter said, tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, yeah, that was was the price. Uh, Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet, breathed her last, and the young men came in, found her dead, carried her out, and buried her beside her husband. So some would suggest that because these people sinned, God killed them. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, and and so this is where these assumptions come in. When we assume the reason why they died. We assume that they sinned, they lied to the Holy Spirit, and so God killed them. God caused them to die. Now, could that be true? Could be. However, the problem is, you know, and and if you've heard any theory about why they died, in my Christian life, I've heard all kinds of interpretations of this, and all of it is based on assumptions, because here's the thing. The passage here doesn't say why. It just tells what happened. It only says this is what happened, but it doesn't say God killed them because they lied. You know, it just says that Ananias heard the words and fell down and breathed his last. That's all that we know. Great fear came upon people. Yeah, that's a pretty scary thing. But uh, all we can do is assume the reasons why things happened. Did they have a heart attack? (laughs) Were they so filled with anxiety that they had been caught lying that they died? We don't know. The point that we want to make is that we really don't know, because just like the first part where I was talking about, we could build a doctrine upon the church. What the church should be is that everybody sells all they have and has everything in common. We could make a doctrine out of that. But all that it does in chapter the end of chapter 4 is it tells us what happened. It doesn't say that this is how things have to be in the church. Same with this uh, thing with Ananias and Sapphira. It tells us what happened, but it doesn't say that uh, it's a doctrine that we should live by, because really there are no other New Testament examples of anything like this happening. And in fact, the doctrine is exactly the opposite. God took our sins away and remembers them no more. Yeah, that's the point here, Joel. I I can tell you that 
Peter didn't say that you were going to die because you sinned. You were going to die because you lied. Peter did not say that. We read it into it based upon assumption. But I can tell you, I can tell you that I don't know why they died, but I can tell you it wasn't God who killed them. And you just started hitting on it. Hebrews chapter 8, God remembers our sins no more. Mm -hmm. uh, the punishment that brought us peace was on him, Jesus Christ, Isaiah 53. God is not counting people's sins against them, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And don't forget Psalm 103. He is not dealing with us according to our sins, nor will he repay us according to our iniquities. So with that in mind, because you see, if, if God is going to kill somebody who sins, in this case, Ananias and Sapphira lying to the Holy Spirit, what's going to prevent God from killing other sinners. There's mm. plenty of sinners to go around, and I don't think God just picked these two uh, out of the pot and decided to kill them. I don't know why they died. The scripture isn't clear on it, but it's, it is clear that it wasn't God who, who killed them because they fell short. Well, exactly. You're right, Cap, because if God was punishing them for something that they did, for being ungodly, then he would be punishing them for something that the blood of Jesus took care of, because as the scriptures say, God justifies the ungodly. And that's what we've got in store to talk about next week. God who justifies the ungodly. Again, that's coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.